Amen. The inside is looking really good. Oh, we have our carpet back. I think the only thing that will be remaining now, we need to have our banner back. And then we can now begin to focus on the outside. Obviously, we need to do the corners. But we trust God that we'll be able to do that within this week. Amen. So thank you so much for all your giving. And may the Lord richly bless you for all you are doing in the ministry. I don't know if there is anyone else who is here for the first time. If you are here for the first time, please just kindly stand. Hi, Brother Mike. It's good to have you in the long way. <laughs> I, I know Pastor Moffat has lost, but we have gained. Amen. So welcome to the long way. We pray that we take good care of you, just like KICC Blanta did. But all the jobs are actually in the long way, so you came to the right place. Amen. You may take your seat. Brother Mike, is. Uh, we went with him to Zimbabwe when we went uh, for the conference last time. He's been with uh, KICC Blanta all this time. Uh, he's an engineer. And I remember he, t- he said to me something else. I don't know if he remembers this, but he said something to me. He said, Pastor, when the church will be built in Milongo, I'm going to be the engineer there. You know? So now words create. You know, words create. When Brother Martin was telling me he's moved to Milongo, he got in a job, I said, he, he was supposed to be so. He said it himself. I didn't say it. He said it himself. So I think this is one sign that God wants us to start building now. Amen? Because our engineer is here. So we bless God for that. And it's great to see Sister Ronnie in church. And Sister Grace is great as well to see you. And Brother Elias, I haven't seen you for a long time. It's really, really good to see all of you in church. And everyone else I haven't seen for some time. Uh, I was not able to continue with the series we started Uh, The other week, uh, three weeks ago now, because last week, uh, duty poured, so I had had to be away. And uh, today, I just want us to look at part two of the message that we started. And uh, we started looking about, we started looking at how to avoid dead ends in life. How to avoid dead ends in life. Our main scripture is the book of Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, and the book of Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 to 10, but then we are taking it over to the book of Psalm chapter 1, where we are going to dwell a bit longer. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, the Bible says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. There is a way which that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Now, the Bible is very clear that everything that happens in our lives doesn't just happen. It all starts from the heart. And the book of Jeremiah, chapter 17, verse 9, says, The heart is deceitful above all things. 
And the next part of it adds that it is not only deceitful, but it is desperately wicked. The heart. And then it says, who can know it? In verse 10, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind. Even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. What you reap, you sow. Or what you sow, you reap. So nothing just happens. It comes from our thinking process. We make a decision, we make a commitment, we act on it, and things begin to happen. And I want to do just a quick recap for the sake of those that were not in church three weeks ago. I'm not going to go into all that, because I, I believe you were able to listen to the podcast. But I say that there is a part of us as children of God. And this part of us really, really wants a word from God. It's a part of us. We really want a word from God. And that's why you will see people say, Man of God, any word of God, any word from the Lord for me. Man of God, any word from the Lord, from the Lord for me. And I remember when there was a point in my walk with God. When I see uh, you going to a conference and, and or you go to church on a Sunday and the pastor begins to pray for the people and then he says, you, come. And you have been praying for months and say, Lord, I need a word. And, 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 and actually there were moments when you were almost tempted to say, are you saying you? I say, no, not, not, not you. Sometimes you would actually see them come over into the service and begin to pray for people. And, and one thing that could be so painful were moments whereby the, the, the man of God or the woman of God comes, lays hands on this one. They literally, literally jump you and go to the third person. And you are in the middle of crying, Lord, I need a word from you. And what I say, but we are not really sure whether we want the word of God. We really want a word from the Lord, but we are not really sure whether we want the word of God. Because when you look at the word of God, God has revealed himself through and through in the scriptures. And I want you to know, you cannot know God through another man. You cannot know God in any other way apart from the scriptures. That's the only way you can know God. Hallelujah. That's the only way he has revealed his nature. He has revealed his character. He has revealed about his being. He has revealed everything about himself in these scriptures. That's where God has revealed himself. So we want the word from God, but we're not very sure whether we want the word of God. The moment you begin to seek him, the moment you begin to pursue him, 
The moment you begin to say, Lord, nothing else matters but you, I can assure you, God will begin to reveal himself. Hallelujah. And I say, the challenge is that we begin to deal with issues of life. And I say there are only two ways. Only two. Only two. There aren't three. There aren't four. There are only two ways to deal with issues of life. Way number one is the way of the righteous which takes you toward God. That's the first way. The second way is the way of the ungodly which takes you away from God. In anything we do, you understand and discover that when you begin to do something, you know right now I am walking away from God or I'm actually walking toward God. And the way toward God is the way of the righteous. The way away from God is the way of the ungodly. Hallelujah. So we dwell in a bit more on Psalm 1. So let's go to Psalm 1. Because that's where we are dwelling in for our series. Psalm 1. There is a way that seems right to a man. But the end of it is the way of death. The end of it is death. The heart is deceitful about all things and desperately wicked and who can know it. And the Bible says, but I the Lord search the heart. Hallelujah. And I test the mind. So in Psalm 1, the Bible talks about the way of the righteous and the end of the ungodly. This one. Which we covered already. We covered verse 1 and we covered verse 2. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. I will dwell there just a little bit. I said three weeks ago, that it is very possible, and I want you to take note of this word. It is very possible to be a child of God and be ungodly. It sounds like a paradox, but it is true. Because what makes you to be ungodly is when you begin to live your life based on the philosophy of the natural man. And the philosophy of the natural man can sound very convincing. The philosophy of the natural man can actually make you think maybe when they were writing the Bible, they forgot some things which they needed to add. And on that day, I gave very, very good examples. So, so many good examples. But I remember one example I gave, which I have seen more and more happening in our day and time. It's a time whereby you are a young woman or a young man, you have started a relationship, and everybody else is doing it, and actually you go to sleep at the house of the young man, or the young man comes to sleep at your house. That's ungodly. Or the other thing I shared was a story of whereby you are married, you have a, a chibwenzi, which now people call MG2, and MG3 and MG5. And the MG5. Aliensi wakwa na ama aziwa. Dibokumariru ama wera. 
And you think because everybody in your family knows about the MG2 and everybody knows about the MG3 and the MG4 and the MG5 and all these other people that are in your life and because you think everybody... And actually, the relations say, That is not a validation from God. Hallelujah. It's not... It's not. The way of the ungodly, you can actually be in church, you are married, you see a beautiful girl in church and you sing her airtime. That's ungodly. Hallelujah. You, you are a child of God. I'm not saying you're not. But the reason why that is happening, it's based on the counsel you've been receiving. The information you've been receiving. Because there are other people who are going through similar issues like us. I laugh these days when people say the Bible is outdated. Who told you that? I laugh. Say, oh no, this is for your time. But you know what? This Bible is the one that Moses used. This is the one that Samuel used. This, this word I'm talking to you about is the word that Esther used. It's the word that David used. The one that made him to say, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. Restore unto me the joy of your salvation. This word, this is a Bible that Paul used. This is the Bible that Peter used. This is the Bible that remains forever. It will never be outdated. No matter what the sons of men may agree upon. Even if people remove some verses from this word, he is the essence of days. Hallelujah. But it's always based on the information. And most of the time, I, I say that they watch about your associations. Watch about the people who speak into your life. I've seen women who are having issues with their husbands and they form a, a wine drinking club. They meet every Saturday. And that's where they discuss. And they begin to go on that path. And they come back with that information. The moment you take that information and implement it, you are now standing in the path of sin. Hallelujah. The moment you implement it, but now the moment you implement that word, you are now walking in the, you are now standing in the path of sin. Because now you are taking action. And I said from there, now you sit in the seat of the scornful. And the seat of the scornful is whereby you now become the influencer. You begin to recruit. You begin to recruit. You begin to influence. Your husband is doing this to you. Now it's when you go You meet this young boy, you meet this young man, call like, hey, you know what? These are days of social media. These are days of Facebook. I want to tell you the truth. Holiness never runs out of fashion. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, Be holy, for I am holy. Hallelujah. It, uh, some, one day somebody says, I said, I'm here to tell people the word of God. Hallelujah. So we talked about all these things. And unfortunately, you can actually be in church and become an influencer. 
you're not married, and it looks like the men are not looking at you, and then you form your club, you begin to influence each other, and you begin to tell each other, even gossip believer in God. There is the, there is the word in scripture. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. It's in scripture. Hallelujah. It's in the word of God. You can advise each other. Okay, It's not in the Bible. That's the way of the ungodly. Hallelujah. It's a way of the ungodly. So, when you begin to receive information, you know what? The decisions eventually become commitments. And the moment you begin to commit, it will become your lifestyle. It will become your attitude. You can be a child of God, but your attitude is bad. You can be a child of God, but your lifestyle is bad. You know yourself. There is nothing holy about the way I'm living. And I say... The flesh has a gravitational pull. And it's a downward pull of evil. The flesh. The flesh has. I attended a function last Friday. And somebody was calling me yesterday to give me some feedback on the function. He said, I don't know, but you know what? People, uh, one of the complaints we see that uh, they serve box wine. I said box wine. What is box wine? They don't know. They, they serve box wine. They didn't serve wine. I said, I'm hearing it from you that there is some wine which is in a box and there is some wine that is in a bottle. There are moments when God believes you. Don't listen to somebody else who says, Oh, Paul, oh, Anna, Moses, oh, okay. Take a little bit of wine. I want you to know, you can be a believer and not be drinking wine. It's very possible. Don't say the Jews drink it. That's their issue. Leave the clean life. Hallelujah. You cannot be married be busy cheating on your wife, busy cheating on your husband. It's unbodied. Amen. It's possible to get married to one wife, one husband, and remain faithful for the rest of your life. It's very possible. Hallelujah. These things I'm talking about are happening in church. Why? Because the flesh has got this gravitational downward pull of evil. And the Bible says, don't get there. Don't, don't stand there. Avoid it. Don't get involved. Don't get caught up. You are a child of God. Because if you don't, there will be a progressive moving away from God. I don't really care what people say with their mouth. I really don't care. I look so much about how are you living your life. Amen? It's possible to live for God. Am I saying you will not be tempted? First Corinthians 10, 13. You will be tempted. You will be tempted. And if you don't want to be tempted, then go to heaven. But here on earth, you will be tempted. And you have to make a decision. I will live for God. Your association has got a lot to do with whether you will end up where God predetermined you to be or not. 
your association. And a lot of people have wasted their lives because of this. The people they associated with, be careful. There was a young man, I think called Jonathan, and went to seek cancer from Amnon because his flesh was for his sister. And the guy says, you know what you have to do? And call the king and say, I am sick too. Please, can my sister prepare a meal for me? And when Tama has brought in the meal, send everybody out of the side of the house. When you have sent her outside of the house, tell Tama that you don't want to eat for sitting room. You eat with bedroom. And the guy pretended sick, sick. When I say sick, I mean sick. And Tama comes in, and eventually, the guy brings in Tama into the bedroom, and he rapes her. And the moment he rapes her, the Bible says, he hated her, and told her, out of my room. And, and the girl says, you know what? Not me, if you have just spoken with the king, that I can go on. Because our mother was And Tama was the sister of Abisab. So it's a kunalikin. Now you chasing me away. This sin is even worse than what you have just done. So he chased, he caught the boys, his bodyguards. They came and chased the woman out. And Abyssalom kept the issue. Until one day Abyssalom said, He organizes a party, tells the king, the king says, No, 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 but he convinces his father. And he tells his boy, he says, I'm going to tell, finish off this guy. And they come and they finish him off. All the other children run back home. And Abyssalom runs away. And the king, eventually Abyssalom, teams up with Ahithophel. Well, the Bible tells us Ahithophel, when he speaks, it was like the gods are speaking. But the reason why Ahithophel rose up against David was because Ahithophel was a grandfather of Bathsheba. The wife of Uriah, who David, one day, the Bible says, in, I think 2 Samuel chapter 5, it says, he at the time when kings go to war, he decided to stay behind. And because he had nothing to do, he went on top of the roof and saw a woman bathing. Because he was not in the place where he had to be. So Ahithophel teams up with him. David cries to God, please turn Ahithophel's counsel into foolishness. He sees that his counsel has not been received because the counsel of Ahithophel was very crazy. Because you know what? All you have to do is get all your father's wives. We are going to put a tent on top of the palace. Bring in one by one with them and sleep with them. And let all Israel stand and be watching then you would have really done something that would finish off. Cutting a long story short. Later on, this Shalom is the fight with the father. He comes home, but he, he goes now to go and stand at the gate and say, Crown's king, Crown's king. No issue with me, that's And because he's doing that, he's doing that, the people's hearts are stolen towards Abyssalom. The next thing that happens, 
discovered, the young boy runs away, and David says one simple word. Go out. When you go, when you go, spare the young boy of Israel. Job does it. Job finishes off the boy. There are two young men, the Cushite and the other one I remember, Ahimaaz. Ahimaaz says, I should be the one to go and report. And Job says, you know what, you have no message, don't go. He says, no, 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 as you go. He says, you have no message. So now he sends the Cushite, but Ahimaaz is very sweet, so he outran the Cushite. And the king is told, somebody is running. It looks like I'm a, like the king says, he's a good man. Comes in and says, oh, tell me. Men in my young tell me all these examples in the band. Then the Bible says, the king told him to stand aside. The Kushai comes, says, how is it with the young man of Israel? He says, may all your enemies of you be like that. The reason why Job finished off at this point because he was the one who was taught to kill Uriah. And when you read about Job, Job was one of the people who was out of hand in the reign of David. He even killed the commander for Saul when the guy came to make peace with David. He meets him on the side and kills him. And the reason is because this guy killed his younger brother. But when you look at it, all this mess is coming from wrong cancer. And God told David one thing one day. He says, you know what, David, because of what you have done, the sword will not depart from your house. And I want to warn you, children of God, there's something we do. The ones to pay for these things may not be us out. You may speak like this guy and say, ah, no, but okay, it's okay. Hey, A lot of people have wasted their lives because of their association. Be careful. Pastor, are you telling us that we shouldn't speak to the unbelievers? That's not what I'm saying. Tell them the word of God and me. But don't tell me, that's a well done God. That's a well done God. And if you, and, and if that was your weakness, you don't dare go in Fanta. You will drink. The first, the first day you will drink Fanta. But I can tell you, I'm in a time of Fanta, I'm a good of my Fanta vibe. This I can assure you. Our other friends, they can drink, they can drink a whole crate. So after you have drank three, those animals try this other one. Please. Blessed is the man. Who walks not in the council of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the stone. Don't become the influencer for people. Hallelujah. Number two, verse two. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He examines the word day and night. And I said, 
What does it mean to say his delight is in the law of the Lord? I said, this is the man, this is the young woman who has accepted the decisive place of the scripture in his life or in her life. He does not read the Bible to find out how far he can go before he crosses the line. Because there are believers like that. There are believers like that. How far can I go? If I cross the line, you want to help me some? What do I do? I should just take it and move away. Now, I want you to understand this thing. What I want you to understand is that this man says, you know what, Lord? Let the scripture have its place in my life and day by day, let me get a nugget from the scriptures to live by. I don't, I don't want to, to use my own thing. I don't want to find out, okay, how far can I go before I break God's law? How far can I go before I cross the line? How far can I go before I sin? That is the gravitational pull toward evil. Hallelujah. That's a gravitational pull toward evil. But he's saying, let your scriptures. And the reason why that happens is because this person has got an incredible desire to please God with his life. And the reason why he has that incredible desire to please God with his life or her life is because the person understands a few things about the word of God. Psalm 119, which is that. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect. The Bible refers the word of God as the law of the Lord. It says it is perfect. And then it says it converts the soul. It converts the soul. Hallelujah. It converts the soul. And I say the word of God will restore your soul. The word of God will refresh your inner life. The word of God will renew your mind. And there is absolutely no way you can know God without the scriptures. The Bible deals with your soul. I may not deal with your soul. Another man may not deal with your soul. Some woman of God may not deal with your soul. But I want you to know the word of God deals with your soul. It deals with your soul. No matter how much you run away from God, no matter how much you run, you run, you run how long you run away from God, go ask Saul of Tarsus. Acts chapter 4 verse 12, it says, there is no other name. There is no salvation in any other. For there is no other name given among men that is under heaven there by which they may be saved. And I want you to know, the only thing that serves is the scriptures. It is perfect. And the, and the Bible says, the law of the, the testimony of the Lord is sure. And I said, why is it saying it's sure? It's because you can count on it. You can count on it. It makes the wise simple. And I said, the Bible has got wisdom. There is wisdom in the Bible for every situation you face in life. Including how you relate with your wife, the way you relate with your husband, the way you relate with your children, the way you deal with people at work, the way you deal with difficult people, the way you deal with... There is an answer in the scriptures for every situation you face in life. 
It is your responsibility to examine it, the scriptures, to meditate on the scriptures, to look into the scriptures, because the answer is there. And the Bible says, the reason why this man has incredible desire for God is because he knows that the statutes of the Lord are right. Rejoice in the heart. The word of God rejoices the heart. Philippians 4, 4 says, rejoice in the Lord, always rejoice. There is only one place you can rejoice. It is in the Lord. And the one that will make you rejoice is the scriptures. The Bible says the commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. And I said what the word of God does that it refocuses your vision, even though you messed up, even though you didn't get things, some things right. But I want you to know God loves you so much to the point that he wants to refocus your vision. Because what matters most is the way you end. The end of the matter is always greater than the beginning. Some things we did in our lives. It doesn't matter. But it's the way you end. And because the word of God refocuses your vision, it helps you to stay away from dead ends in life. Hallelujah. It helps you to stay away from dead ends in life. That's what the word of God does. You lose your vision. You wanted to do something. But somebody else duped you. You, you. you went with the wrong association. Don't continue on that path. Go back to the word of God. It will refocus your vision. And I want you to know, God wants to use you for his glory. Amen. That's what God wants to do. So you may have lost the path. You may have lost the step. But God wants to use you for his glory. And it's very possible for you to come back and gain your vision back and run with it. And the Lord says, I am pleased with you. Why you want to please God? The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. And I said godliness comes with discipline. You, can, you cannot be an indisciplined child of God and be godly. Impossible. Godliness comes with discipline. And where does it come from? The fear of the Lord. And the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning. Just the beginning. It's more or less like step one. The fear of the Lord. is the beginning of wisdom. And the Bible says this fear of the Lord is clean. Because you are not afraid that it's going to kill you. But you know that he, 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 he really wishes you were. And actually this fear, it talks about reverence. You know, there are some people that you really, really respect. That you say, for the sake of so and so, not going to be lost. Not because they're going to kill you. And, now, and everybody in this room today, from Jeremiah, that one that we read, if God could bring back the children of Israel after all they had done, and said, I will bring you back to this land. You eat again the, you eat again the grapes on the, on the mount, from the mountains of Samaria. And I'm going to do this. And your sin I'll remember no more. And everything else. I want you to know God, your sin, he remembers no more. He forgives your iniquity. He writes his word on the mind. He writes his word on your heart. And God says, I want you to refocus your vision. I want you to regain your vision. And, and when he says your sin, I will remember no more. He means exactly that. And when you stand and begin to talk, Leave the people to, to keep whatever they want to keep. But you know how you are walking with God. You know what, what the Lord has said into your life. Amen. It's important. 
And the Bible says the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And I said biblical lifestyle is about getting in the book. The Bible will keep you out of trouble. It will give you discernment. Unfortunately, there are lots of children of God who walk without discernment. The reason is because we are not getting grounded in the Word. The Word of God is eternal. The Word of God will remain forever. The Bible is a timeless book. The principles in the Bible, they never change. Go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. You'll find it there. They never change. So why does this man do all these things in the next few minutes that we have? And then we close. The Bible says, as a result of actions in verse 2, then verse 3 says, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. What is that verse 3 talking to us about? He says, when you now look at all these things that I've said, because of this fervent desire you have for the word of God, the incredible desire you have for the word of God, and you're saying, God, speak into my life. I am your child. I know that godliness comes with discipline. Let me live a disciplined life. You know all these things I've talked about. The Bible says the results are good. You are going to have these six results. And I want you to take note of them. One of the things is that you're going to have stability in your life. You're going to be a very stable person. Very, very stable. And along with the stability comes courage. You are not afraid of anything. You know you are living right with God. You, you will be very, very stable. And God has given us very good examples in the Bible. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The young men were stable. When Nebuchadnezzar said all this, they said, you know what, King? We just want to make things very easy for you. We are not going to bow. You, you, you are not buying. King, what you have heard is true. We are not going to buy. You will not. No, I'm going to throw you into the very first. It's fine. King, you know what, King? The God whom we serve, He will deliver us. But if He chooses not to deliver us, King, He will still not buy. That's the stability. That's stability. You go to a party and everybody else is drinking wine and people ask you, why are you not drinking wine? Why are you not drinking beer? You say, because I don't drink. Why don't you drink? Because I'm a child of God. Hey, or so forth. You say, yes, or so forth. Hey, bishop, yes. Ah, yeah, bishop. But I'm, but I'm not going to drink. You look at some things, you know this thing is getting out of hand, you leave. I remember somebody else telling me, but then, Pastor, it means I can't work in this kind of organization. Then I said, then resign. It sounds crazy. But I'll tell you, the word, when, when you get grounded in God's word, you are still. And that kind of stability will make you to serve. Like you look at the life of Daniel. Daniel served at his four kings. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible tells us he served Nebuchadnezzar. In Daniel chapter 5, verse 1 to 2, it tells us he served Belshazzar. In Daniel chapter 5, verse 31, the Bible tells us that he served 
Darius the Mede. In Daniel chapter 6 verse 28, the Bible says he served Cyrus the Persian king. All these kings, even though they didn't know God, they knew they could not be able to rule without Daniel. But one thing with Daniel, he was not ready to bow. They throw him into the lion's den. You have, you, have, you have to be ready to die for yourself. You have to be ready. You have to make a decision. That I, I, I know who I am. I, I know what I'm standing on. But I'm, no, I'm not going to. Hallelujah. Tell them before, before this I had a life. And my life was in Christ. There's a statement that, that I, I like to tell people quite a lot. I tell them, you never you need, you need to come to that point. It's a lot of study. You need to be able to say, But that gives you stability. Number two, it will give you inward nourishment and refreshment. Why? Because the word of God rejoices the heart. Proverbs 17.22 says, A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. A joyful heart. You know, you meet people in life, wherever you begin to ask them, What does that mean? And when people begin to tell you what they are going through, you go like, you know what, I can't understand. But you know the reason why there is the word of God. And the word of God brings in inward nourishment and refreshment. And you know what, God all I know is you. And no one else. At that point, you have no money for school fees for children. At that point, the landlord is busy calling you and saying, Mugabanda zarenti for figure mao and you go and who might do as other landlord do on the one wire? But he says, No, I am. Life is not going the way you thought it would go. You know, God, I am in your hands. You, you begin not to fight against things that people fight. Because you know that the Bible says, Seek the Lord and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. And you don't care when they will be added. But you know they will be added. A day will come when they will be added unto me. Proverbs 23, 18. And your hope in the Lord will not be disappointed. Children of God, listen to me. Your hope in God will not be disappointed. The Bible tells me that, you know what? It says those who trust the Lord, their faces will not be covered with shame. And sometimes people think we are going through shame. No, 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 no. Yesu, ada enena kudzea kusamaria. Kudaka kumane ndinzi mai wabajitime uja. There are some things that you must. I preached that message the other day. There are some things that whether you like it or not in your life, you must go through them. Hallelujah. You must. It is actually God's will. And in those moments you say, Lord, my wanga or my jamanu. It is God's will. I, I can assure you. It's just that these days I'm trying very hard not to be talking about myself when I'm preaching. 
one thing I'm telling myself, never talk about yourself when you are preaching. But you have to be Because of where God is taking you, there will be some things that you go through in life. And it will look like your life is coming down. But I can assure you, joy comes in the morning. Darkness may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. One day you will see the morning. And people will be saying, That's what makes testimonies. There are some people who speak scripture, you know it's water, water. There are other people, they speak, you know this is authentic. They know what they're talking about. They have been there. They messed up, but God picked them up. They made a big blunder, but God picked them up. And they know they are standing on that. My sin, God will remember no more. Godness comes with discipline. And they are walking at this point. Some things in your The reason why Peter rebuked Jesus was because he didn't want to. But Jesus said, I must go to Jerusalem. I must suffer under the hands of the priest. And I must be killed. And Peter said, no, 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 no. May God have mercy on you, Lord. Jesus had to go through that. So I want you to know, some things you're going through right now, it is a must. It's what it says, hope does not disappoint. It's what builds character. There's so many children of God with no character. It's because when they had to go through a must, they thought it was a devil. I've told you, it is God who put Saul in the life of David. I call them the remnant. They don't get moved into the there are other people who, who it's like when they were born, they were born to be a thorn in your life. There's a reason. There's a reason. You get a call from this person and, 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 and it's so funny what happens in life. You do something else and everybody's commending you, commending you, commending you, oh no, that, this, oh no, you know what I'm saying? This is amazing, you know what I'm saying? This is amazing, you know what this this is amazing, amazing, amazing. And then you receive one example. You have spoiled my day. He said, get behind me, Satan. Get The things you must go through. For our young men, you must go through what you are going through right now without messing up your life. Our young women, keep yourself. One day you will praise God. That you... you, you you live the life of God. You chastity or chastity? One of those is the English. You don't want to be sitting down with your husband one day and then you're saying, So, Mamuna Oyamba, Duko, Nanana, Darinda. No. Hallelujah. No. You talk about. No, when when you begin to move away from God, you begin to just get each other on one side. That shouldn't be happening in church. Sorry, I
The third thing the Bible says there's going to be fruitfulness and productivity in your life. Deuteronomy 28, 1 to 14. Let me just read on the verse 1. For you to understand, the rest you can read in your in your own time. Because I need to close. Deuteronomy 28, 13. 1, 1, 1, 1 to 13. I'll read only this one. It says, Now it shall come to pass. Somebody, somebody tell me it shall come to pass. Say, it shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. Now I want you to see what shall come to pass. It says, Now it shall come to pass. If you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. And then the blessings begin to fall. That's Hallelujah, church. That's fruitfulness and productivity. But it's in the scriptures. Number four, you are going to have strength and durability. Amen? When you are going to go buy iron sheets, there are others that you use to build that there, there are other, those are also iron sheets. And then there are other iron sheets that you know these ones are iron sheets. Amen? They, they are durable. And you getting grounded in scriptures will make you become durable. Exodus 15 verse 2. Psalms 118 verse 1 verse 14. Isaiah chapter 12. It says, The Lord is my strength and my song. And he has become my salvation. The Lord is the man of war. Amen? And, and that will happen. And finally, number five, you're going to have success. You will have success. God spoke to Joshua in Joshua 1.8. This book of the Lord shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. You shall examine it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For you, then you make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So after the Bible talks about all these things, that you are going to have stability, you are going to have inward nourishment and refreshment, you are going to become fruitful and then there will be productivity in your life, you are going to, be, to have strength and durability, and you will surely have good success, then the Bible puts in something else very interesting. Verse 4, it says, The godly, the ungodly are not so. The ungodly are not so. It says, why the ungodly are not so? Is because they have decided to leave God out of their thinking and their decision-making process. And they have believed, but because their family knows about Chibuenzi, Chiminama, Gonana, Nacho, because their family knows Kudama, Gagona, Kunyumba, Gwamamuna, because their family knows because their family knows that they are MG2 and MG5, because their family knows because, because, their family, because their family has said all these things that have made them to think, oh, then God is in it. When God is not in it, they, they think the approval of family is the approval of God, 
Then by the Bible says, because of that, the ungodly are like chaff before the wind. They are like chaff before the wind. Which the wind drives away. And then it says, these ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. Let me explain which judgment is the judgment of the words. There are two kinds of judgment. It's going to be a judgment of reward which will be for the believers. And it's going to be a judgment which will determine where they go. After we have been cleared to go into heaven, there's going to be judgment. It's a judgment of rewards. And it says these ones will not stand in the judgment. And it says, no sinners. Because they are now standing in the path. They are now busy acting. He says, these ones, sinners, will not stand in the congregation of the righteous. Then verse 6 says, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Why? Because it takes them away and it has to be your cry and my cry. Say what? The Lord is exactly at the place where you left me last time. He hasn't moved. I finished with the story that I said when we started the preaching. I said when we were young, we were amazed when we get in a car and see how fast the trees were moving. Only to discover later when we grew up that the one that was moving was the car and not the trees. And I say, God remains exactly where you left it. When we change, we think God changes. He doesn't. He doesn't. He remains God. And I want you these two get stuck in your life. There are only two ways to deal with the issues of life. There's the way of the godly which takes you toward God. And there's the way of the ungodly which takes you away from God. And if you lost your vision, the word of God will help you to refocus your vision. Don't become arrogant. Walk with God. Come before the Lord and say, Lord, I want to be. Seek help where you know you need help. And, and let the Lord have mercy on you because the Bible says, your sin, I will remember. But there are also things in life that you must wants to do with and in your life for his glory. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, we bless you, we lift up your holy name. Your name is God. Your name is Yahweh. As we finish the service now, we pray God that you get glorified in our lives, be magnified in our lives. Help us 
to walk in the way of the righteous and not in the way of the ungodly. Because the end of the ungodly is that their way shall perish. Help us, Lord, to get stability, to get inward nourishment and refreshment, fruitfulness and productivity, strength and durability, and eventually success. Because we are observing to do everything that is written in your word. We give you glory. We give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. We bless the name of the Lord. Uh, it's time for giving. If you are here and uh, you brought a tithe, I want you to stand. You brought a tithe, just to stand. It's part of acting God's word. Whether you deposited it through the bank within the week, just to stand. So you did a bank transfer, you brought it to church, but you brought a tithe. Let nobody deceive you. The tithe is an Old Testament thing. It applies today. The reason why people argue is because they want to find a way. They want to find a scripture that will make them not to do God's will. Don't join that club. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we want to thank you for your word, which remains forever. And we are praying in Jesus' name for your sons and daughters, Lord, that have obeyed your word and decided they will give a tithe to your house. We pray, let the blessing of the tithe follow them. Rebuke the devourer for their sake. Chase the enemy for their sake. Open windows of heaven. Pour out a blessing for them. That there will not be room enough for them to receive the blessing. God, let the devourer not destroy the fruit of their labor. Let them, not, let them God, not suffer miscarriage. In every area of life. Let the nations call them blessed. And God, we pray in Jesus' name. Let them become a delightful land. In everything they do. We give you glory, give you praise. In Jesus' name. Above all, Lord, remember them. We magnify you, we lift up your name. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, let's just lift up our offering to the Lord. It's very scriptural as well. Let's just lift it up to the Lord as I pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, we lift up our offering before you today. And we are praying in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. That God, your word says give and it shall come back to you. Good measure. Stand, shaking together, running off. For men give to your blessing. And I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. That God, as we give today, let this offering do the work of the ministry. Right now, God, we have seen what is happening in this church. It's because of the tithes. It's because of the offerings. It feels great to be in church. And we 